Welcome to the Kinja's Podcast. Here we will discuss dance, life, and whatever the fuck we want. Folks, today in the pod, we have Sherry Cola. I met Sherry early 2022 or maybe mid-2022. We spoke at this uh, AAPI panel, and I think you you met her. Yeah, I got, I got a chance to meet her as a guest on Just Kidding News. And I think, you know, both of us meeting her at separate occasions, but still vibing out knowing that she was, you know, charismatic, yep. hilarious, fun to talk to, and had something really powerful to share is one of the main reasons why we're like, we got to get her on this pod. Yeah, I mean, she's hilarious. She has such good energy, but I think she has a lot to say. And in this episode, without giving too much away, she digs pretty deep into issues that she's very passionate about, things that she feels is very important to talk about, things like representation. And we go really deep into that. And then we also get into a pretty emotional place for her. She gets pretty personal about her family, which she wasn't expecting to get into, which y'all will hear soon. But I don't know. This was a really good one. It, we had a lot of laughs. Yeah, you're going to have a great time, but you're also going to, you know, just feel inspired just the way we were. She's killing it right now yes, in the game. Yes, yes, so, yes. you know, without further ado, Sherry Cola, y'all. Folks, welcome or welcome back to Kinja's Movement in the Shadows. We are your hosts, Ben. And Anthony. And as always, we have an incredible guest in the pod today. Today we have comedian, actor, writer. You may recognize her as Alice from the hit series Good Trouble on Freeform. You may have seen her her stand-up on Comedy Central as well as a regular at the legendary Laugh Factory, the Improv, the Comedy Store. We have SGV's very own Sherry Cola in the pod. Oh, my darlings. 2023. 2023. Spicy off the top. Happy New Year. Thanks for that intro. Yes. I'm not a regular at Laugh Factory, the Comedy Store, or Improv. But I dabble. But but I you dabble. you you've you've been there. You, yeah, you've done the thing. <laughs> but regular is actually a title, and I don't have that title. Oh, yeah, yeah. See? yeah. yeah. We're not going to edit that out though. You but you know, we wanted to. We're manifesting. Keeping it real. Yeah, let's we're manifest manifesting. It. Yeah, or we're manifesting. It really depends on you. You know what I mean? That that works too. Is yeah. that a T-shirt? Like Are we making merch? Oh, uh, purchase at Kendra's Dojo. Online. Swipe up. That doesn't swipe even work. I don't up. even know what I'm swipe saying. Swipe up. Oh, now it's tap. You got the tap link now. Oh, they, yeah. They the swipe up yeah. It's too much. It like, since when did IG stories become Tinder? Like, I'm going right, right. left, right. It's just like now, now screenshot people are stores and everything. It's just all just is everything. See, about Instagram has stolen everyone's identity. You know, like when, when Vine was a thing, when Instagram started doing videos, Vine was out of business. Yeah. Snapchat, Instagram started doing stories. Right. Snapchat is still, you know, around, but are no you one's... an Instagram or like a TikToker? Are you are you on I the TikTok game? I never got on TikTok, even though I have it's big. A, it's a generational thing, though, right? I mean, I feel like I have big viral energy. No COVID, um, <laughs> and I should have gotten on TikTok, but I I I missed the train. Yeah. So now it's. Too I mean, late. It's not too late. I mean, it's, it's not it's too late there. unless they like pull the plug from our government. Well, yeah, or it might like get banned, completely take it away. But oh, other right. than that, it's not too late, right? Because Trump was trying. Okay, that was a whole nother thing. Okay, it's 2023 now. That's 2020 <laughs> news. Yeah, but he was trying to pull the plug. Well, they're still trying. They're still talking about. They're still trying yeah. to. You know what I mean. Well, welcome. Hi. You know, welcome. It's, it's welcome. On, honestly, it's it's really dope to have you here because I know that like, you know, when all of us went into like the planning and being like, oh, who do we want to bring and stuff like that, there was just like a, a dope energy about being like, we have to bring Sherry. She's not only been killing it, she represents like, you know what I mean? Just like so much close to home and also so much of like what feels parallel to even like a lot of the journey that we even as Kinjas uh, embark on ourselves and stuff. So it's really an honor to just have you come out here, join us, have some dope conversation. Um, you're obviously doing amazing things. Things like Ben already yeah. said, you know what I mean? We got Good Trouble Season 5 coming out and In stuff. the thick of filming Season 5, you can catch all four seasons on Hulu right now. Sick. You're filming right now? We're filming right now. Mm. Season 5 uh, premieres on March 16th. 
I don't know when this is coming out, but we're not going to release this for 10 years, okay? <laughs> this is like a time capsule, this <laughs> podcast. That's why. We got to get your story. You know? watch it in 10 this years. This is like Bitcoin. We're investing in Sherry yeah, Cole yeah, right yeah, now, exactly. waiting for her to run Listen, the world later. Yes. The numbers are going up. No, yes, honestly, it really is the the climb and uh, the hustle, and I, I respect y'all for the same reason. I actually took a dance class three days ago. Really? Ellen Kim. Oh, yeah. yeah. Asian American Girl Club, yeah. which was founded by my homegirl and also co-star Ali Maki. Uh, they put together this dance class and did a little black pink number. No way. It was so fun. Okay. I'm not a dancer, but... How'd you do? I have fun, you That's know? That's I don't yeah. take it too seriously, but I realized that I've danced in most of the things I have filmed. Like on Good Trouble, there's this sexy dance number that I do. Like tits wear out and everything. Spread eagle okay. on a chair. Like the whole nine. Wow. And that could be referenced right here in this thumbnail. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I obviously think it's, kidding, it's literally guys. Family ep- show. <laughs> season two, episode six or something like that. I do this dance number. That was like a challenge, of course. And then I was on this show called Funny Dance Show. And There's a show called Funny Dance Show? Yes. It's comedians dance battling. Wow. Where it was is on this? E. It was oh, on what E, yeah. The heck? And then uh, I just did a movie uh, with Ashley Park, Stephanie Shu, and we have a whole dance sequence there too. So I do have experience like just learning choreo, I guess. But I'm not a dancer per se. I feel like you're a dancer. I don't know. What what qualifies you as a dancer? Um, did you get paid for it? Yeah, you're a professional dancer. Uh, you're That's a what it is. Dancer. You know what I'm saying? That means a lot coming from you too. Well, you know, we are we are the voice yeah, of professional yeah. dancers. We're the representatives you know. of dancers. Yeah. But I actually met both of you separately, which is really yes. random. So mm-hmm. when when was the moment you two like realized, oh, you both know who I am or like have this mutualness? Well, you brought up her name to me even when we were trying to get guests for last season and then I just coincidentally met you at that event. That was such uh, a powerful event. That was a powerful event. We just we we know each other from Asian stuff. That's Asian like stuff. pretty much yeah. it. And uh, I met you on uh, the Just Kidding News. Which is also another powerful event. <laughs> Which is like the opposite. <laughs> Excuse me. We have to speak no, out. No, in terms of the extremes of topics, like the things that we've talked about, just like the sex stuff, like the things we've talked about on JK News versus this like inspirational. Right. Like. <laughs> Very nice. See, that's why yeah, I was so keen to bring you here the because range. I was like, I need to talk about it. Real stuff with yes. Sherry the too. Range. You know? really inspirational. Yeah. The range. Well, thanks for having me, honeys, and thanks well, for the Well, no, thank you. It's been uh, a long time coming. We've been trying to get you in for a minute, but as we always do with our first time guests, we like to kind of open up to the backstory, the origin story of Sherry Cola. So, would you mind kind of taking us down that memory memory the lane? The origin. Yes. I was born ten pounds. Ten pounds. Natural it's birth. A good, it's a good weight. It's a good weight. In Shanghai, China. Immigrant gang. We'll check okay. that box. Yeah. Um, Where's your TikTok, dude? <laughs> I was saying, like, I could go viral, but I'm like, let me just save the views for other people. Yo, <laughs> let me viral. give them. You are, you are such give, a community-minded you person. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. so selfless. Uh, no, but <laughs> I was born in Shanghai, and I uh, moved to the U.S. when I was, like, four. I moved to Alhambra, the 626, yeah. San Gabriel Valley. So China again. China again. From China to China. <laughs> Uh, no visa needed. <laughs> Just like s- straight up. I was very immersed into Asian communities, I guess, but still kind of felt like a fish out of water a lot. I- I'm pretty sure all of us can relate because you still felt like this foreigner, you know? Mm-hmm. Even though there were so many Asians in Alhambra and then later on Temple City, I went to Alhambra up until sixth grade and then seventh grade on. It was Temple City and my mom still lives there. It was just so like, so Asian, yet you still felt foreign, but maybe because I was an immigrant, you know? Mm-hmm. I remember there was a moment, um, I'm really going deep, deep, back, Let's back. Yeah. I remember there was these two cool, like, neighbor kids in the very first apartment we lived at, and one day they, like, flipped me off, and I had no idea what this meant. Literally no idea. I'm like, well, it's, <laughs> it's not quite like a thumbs going. up. It's not quite a peace sign. It's, like, just the, right. the middle finger. Yeah. Like, what? I was just... You know, I must have been just curious or like hanging around them and they wanted me to fuck off, I guess. So then I did it to my mom's coworker. Oh, God. And quickly found out what that meant. Uh-huh. Um, and did I remember, you do it just as like, I wonder what's going to happen if I, I do this? So. Oh, okay. So That's I, what kids just do. Learn, right? Rinse you know, and repeat. You repeat. Yeah, you yeah exactly. Rinse and repeat. Uh-huh. I like that. Um, and my mom worked at a restaurant 
uh, when we first came to America. And then I remember her getting so pissed because I think her coworkers were like, oh, that's bad. That means fuck you or whatever. And my mom like dragged me into this like big refrigerator and started like spanking me. And wow, I got spanked. <laughs> In the refrigerator. In the refrigerator. Like, like that means it might either level. hurt more or hurt less. I don't know. All right. You hurt either. more, but mm. quicker recovery. Right, you know? because you're numb. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. You're numb, but her hand is a freezing yeah, yeah, ice. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So oh, there's a there's level. yeah levels of this shit. <laughs> anyway, the point is, I grew up in the six two six. Very proud to be from there because, you know, it's this bubble. 15 minutes from downtown LA, and it's still LA County, and a lot of people don't know about it, and. The thing about the 626, it's like you want to put it on the map. You want people to know that that's where you're from. You know, how do you not know about the 626? Yet it's kind of this best kept secret mm -hmm. where if someone talks about the 626, I'm like, okay, what do you know about the 626? You know, so it's this special place growing up there and just very much like, I don't know. It, it, it I always think back on, you know, how much I've just grown or, or more so burst out of the bubble. Of the 626, uh, the bubble tea, if you will. Boba nice. Boba is yeah. what we call yep. it. Shout out Boba. It really Boba. is, yeah. Um, because I was, you know, smoking cigs and loitering until 6 a.m. at Boba shops like every night. Like, Very Asian American. What, what am I doing with my life, really? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And you just realize there's more out there. Anyway, here, here I am. Here mm -hmm. I am. But yeah, I got my start technically in radio. I did college radio. I went to Cal State Fullerton after Temple City High School. And it took me like seven years to graduate. Like, I just fully didn't have my shit together. I partied a lot. Just all that stuff. So Very you much. the quintessential good straight-A student. I really broke the stereotypes. Okay. I really broke the stereotypes. Congratulations. I graduated high school with like a 2.5. I only got into like two schools, you know? And Cal State Fullerton took there me you in. Go. <laughs> and it was just very much like lost because I had so many passions. I wanted to do stand-up. I wanted to do radio. I wanted to uh, be a rapper at mm -hmm. a point. You know, I was so passionate about all these creative things. And even in high school, I was a part of this film club that made funny videos. And, you know, I would do some like rappy stuff and just comedy, really. And then I hosted the talent show in high school, which was essentially stand-up. I did that two years in a row. And I was, you know, voted most outgoing, you know, things like that. But I think the lack of representation, you didn't think that was possible. You know, you saw Lucy Liu, Jackie Chan. Well, the opportunity is so scarce that this dream to actually pursue it as end game like what am i doing i'm gonna be uh wasting my time slash gambling with no payoff you know like that's what we were brainwashed into thinking because of the lack of representation so i just went to college i i uh majored in communications and I was there for like seven years because I was just partying i got kicked out i, I disqualified it was just like not cute you know just really wanted to break stereotypes, like <laughs> passionate about yeah. stereotype breaking. Um, but I ended up doing campus radio for three years, three and a half years. And I was like, maybe this is just what I'll do. Like I'll, you know, broadcast my personality this way. And I can talk about music, which I love. And, you know, I think at that time I was like making funny Vine videos. I was like um, putting out raps on like YouTube, you know, like just like still doing little things. Um, but kind of scattered, you know, in different directions. So I finally decided, okay, radio is the move. So in 2014, when I graduated from college, I got a job after getting rejected from a bunch of places, Power 106, Kiss FM, like I got rejected from those places for internships and things like that. I got a job at Amp Radio, 97.1 FM. Nice. And it was the street team. Like, that's how you climb the radio ladder. You know, you join the street team, you do the passing out stickers and, you know, uh, kind of the bottom of the ladder and you climb your way up and, like, there's no easy way to just be on air. But that was my goal. I went in there in 2014, June, with the goal of being on air. Like, on the radio, that's what I wanted to do. Like, you know, big boy, SCRTs, everyone we, like, listened yeah. to growing up. You know, Rick D's, <laughs> Ryan Seacrest. And Ellen K. You know, yeah, yeah Ellen Kay. Um, and on uh, 97.1 FM, Amp Radio, the morning host was Carson Daly. We yeah. love Carson mm -hmm. Daly, Old Faithful, TRL, mm -hmm. right? So he was this, like, ominous, like, untouchable creature that was in the building. Totally. <laughs> And anyway, so this job was so 
just bizarre because you know you'll you'll be so close to your dream and then you'll be humbled real quick because you know like on a tuesday we'll be passing out t-shirts at metro pcs and on Mm -hmm. friday you'll be escorting ed sheeran at the forum you know so the radio world was so such a whirlwind and it was so fun it was just people in their 20s trying to figure it out and it was such a niche job um and I am developing a TV show on this because Dope. it was just such a chapter yeah. of my life that Amazing. is so special. And I'm not even gonna play me because I kind of I, I lived it, you know. I kind of just want to uh, make it. Um, but yeah, it was just people in their 20s hooking up, like love triangles at the same time, trying to make a dream come <laughs> true. Like one of my coworkers was a professional boxer, and this was just like a part time job. I I did everything under this building from 2014 up until uh, 2017. I did the social media stuff. I was board hopping on the weekends because on the weekends they didn't have anyone on air. So they needed someone in the studio to make sure there was music mm-hmm. like midnight to 6 a.m. shifts. Um, I was doing like programming stuff where I would go on the street and, you know, get sound bites from listeners that they play like, you know, like, hey, I'm Anthony from Glendale. Uh, you know, <laughs> those sound bites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I would, you know, we would do events in Palm Springs and stuff like that. And I was very much like the best, worst employee because I also like accidentally crashed one of the DJ trucks one time because I fell asleep behind the wheel. Oh, so like there it. was just so much that happened in, in this job where every day was different, you know? Um, and once again, it was just this group of people. It was like college, you know, like we were in our 20s. People wanted to be famous. People wanted to be musicians. There were a lot of DJs like who I'm still very close to now. Like we were all just passionate about art. And, you know, all my coworkers went on to work for uh, Apple Music, Golden Voice. Like they're all like doing some dope shit now. You know, yeah, we all yeah. kind of just came from this unexplainable job of of being on the street team at Amp Radio, technically promotions, and we just did it all. There was this other guy on the morning show, Surfer Steven, and I love Surfer Steven. He's the guy that like first told me about UCB, but one of our random jobs on the street team was to take Surfer Steven home after the morning show, like just because he didn't have a car at the time. So like <laughs> just errands. It was very yeah, much yeah, like right. assistant intern stuff, totally. like making nine fifty an hour. But anyway, at that point, uh, Carson Daly was the morning show host, right? And two years after I got hired, I started doing stand up, and and I also had this viral rapper character, you know. Uh, and Carson Daly caught wind of me. He was like, wait, this girl is in the building. Why are we not using her? Carson Daly was like, wait, this girl's funny. What are we doing? Like, I want to meet with her. And he met with me and basically said I was funny and all that stuff because I just started doing stand-up. So he just saw your stuff on social media. Yeah, like because it was was viral. And in the building, people were talking about it, like how I just suddenly got like in 24 hours, it was this um, video rapper character who I have outgrown so no need to go deep into it but the point is it got like a million views in 24 hours which is a lot for someone who has yeah. never gotten a million views in 24 hours yeah so it was the talk of the building you know yeah so anyway yeah so Carson Daly caught on and with the help of a few other people you know kind of whispering in his ear he added me to the morning show and at this point it's like May 2016 so I'd been there for just a, pretty much two years and uh, he added me to the morning show kind of sporadically a little. It was inconsistent, but I did it a, a bunch of times where I came in on a Friday and kind of just talked about like celebrity pop culture news and made fun of it, you know, did my thing. Some on the street stuff a couple times too um, at concerts and stuff. But that happened. And then uh, that November of 2016 or, or late October, I got my own show on Sunday nights. And Sick. it was with my co-worker at the time also producer dj musician she just played coachella last year so it's like we've just been climbing together yeah and she was also my roommate for six years as well so this whole time was just very like just the hustle and grind uh, but vanessa michaels was my co-host and she knew the music and i was funny and it was this new music show so then i'm like interviewing fifth harmony khalid you know and that show um lasted a little under a year because radio was its own beast. Like it got bought out, a company bought out the company, so a lot of things got trimmed. Um, at, the at this point, though, all. at this point, though, because you had mentioned, you know, you're like uh, post college or, or going into, you're like, I'm gonna do radio. You like that? I, that's my goal. I want to get on radio. Now, two years later, 
you you hit your goal or I, like what were you feeling at that point? I mean, the fact that like I even got my own show, that was a trip because even the months prior when Carson Daly wanted to meet with me and then I did my I had my debut on the morning show, that felt like I made it. That felt like and this was before I was even an actor. Yeah. I I only wanted my voice to be out in the world, like I was, I wasn't even gonna show this cute face. What am I doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But every step of the way, even now, like I mean, and, and we haven't even gotten to the twenty twenty three of it all. But you just realize you don't even know what you're capable of. Your bandwidth, there is no limit to the capacity of your craft. You know the 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 slices of this pie that you could fucking eat. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because we're once again brainwashed because we are, you know, I am an immigrant, you know, a Chinese queer woman, all these things that society just never rooted for. That's my Lady Gaga quote. I say that in every interview. But truly, like, we, we thought they were weaknesses, you know, because yeah. we were treated mm -hmm. like so. And now mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, shit, this is a superpower. Mm -hmm. You know how many things I've booked because I am queer authentically? You know, like, I'm fully... Like getting more roles because I'm liberated in who I am of this being this queer woman and Asian and just like so loud and proud about who I am. But that was not overnight because holy shit, we had to fucking quiet our culture for so hmm. long. And I think the shift, especially within the last few years of everything the community has gone through, we're, we're just fighting for the, the space we deserve. So it is very powerful now that, you know, embracing who I am, you realize, oh, there's just so much more I can do and so many more people I can reach. But that was the case. Like when I when I first got the Carson Daly opportunity, I was like, oh shit, I made it. There, the goal, I, it's it's met, you know. Mm -hmm. But then I get my own show. I was like, oh wow, what? You know, I'm interviewing these people. Holy shit! And then that was the same month I started acting as well. So just so much happened in 2016. It was so transitional. Um, I got my first gig with the help of my manager, who's literally my friend from college. I met him because he was like the general manager of the college radio station. He was the radio station manager and I met him and kind of lost touch. And then we were still friends on Facebook. And when I started having the viral videos and doing the stand up, I was posting on Facebook and he was like, dope, you're finally doing it. And I was like, uh, yeah, yeah, like finally I'm doing stand up. And he came to see me the second time I ever did stand up. And he hit me up the next day and he was like, that was great. What I mean, it was fine. It was my second time doing stand up. But that really was the hustle too at that point because with stand up, like that shit is even now, now that I'm like an actress for real, you can be an actor and book something and that can change your life overnight. With stand up, you have to put in those hours. Right. You have to pay those dues. Pe people don't take you seriously if you've been doing it for just like three years. You know, at this point, I've been doing it for almost seven. And that's not shit. That is not shit. Like you think about the greats, they've been doing stand up for like 15 years before they even got discovered, you know, like things like that. So it really humbles me stand up. And I've done some cool stuff mm -hmm. like stand up wise. Of course, I opened for Ronnie Chang, his uh, Netflix taping, which was really yeah. dope. That was the biggest audience I'd ever performed for. And it was so sweet of him to even ask me to open for him. And, you know, the Comedy Central set. But in terms of, like, getting where I need to be stand-up-wise, like, that hour special, you know, really crafting that, it it's, it's just, it takes a second, you know? Totally. Anyway, so basically, well, I, I wanna, 2016 I was transitional. I want to take it back a little bit, because, like, I mean, I think we kind of, like glazed over the whole your 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 school like you, you said you kind of weren't the best student took seven years to graduate um where was like your parents support in your you know going off to pursue comedy this i mean it's very unconventional right, right. I, I don't see your mom encouraging you yeah, hey, yeah, you yeah. should be a stand-up comic someday so. especially after like seven years of college right right. <laughs> right no my mom was so disappointed so right now i've just completely exceeded like the bar okay because my mom was just i mean she's an angel you know like i remember in the midst of me dragging this college graduation process i got a dui downtown fullerton i was 21 and I was just like crying and like uh, I had the phone call. I was like, I have to call my mom. And I remember telling my mom in in Shanghainese, I said, uh, I was like, what did I say exactly? But the point is I said, 
sweet kids or something like that. Like I was drunk driving and the police arrested me or something. Just like straight <laughs> to the point. And her first words as I'm like bawling, I'm like in handcuffs in Fullerton. Uh, she says, I forgive you. Immediately, just that was her response. That's just not wow. fair. I forgive you. I'm like, I ain't shit. I don't deserve her. She is just a queen. My mom is just such a gracious, like, forgiving woman. And I see it with our family members. I see it with uh, her friends. I see my mom is just this person who is so, honestly, a softy. And I get and I get that from her as well. But that's the immigrant Asian mother mentality as well. It's like, let me just be happy with what's in front of me. Let me, honest to God, s- settle for less. You know? Let me just, like, make it through. Let me just, like... I don't know. You know, my mom has always had her head down and it, it's it's really sad. That's why it's like when that Atlanta shooting happened, we were all so devastated, you know, because we know those Asian immigrant women mm-hmm. are just fucking happy to be here, are just trying their best to survive in this country. And that's exactly what my mom did. She came here. She uh, worked at a restaurant for seven years and then opened her own restaurant, which was also very inspiring just to be, you know, self-made and to go to something from nothing. Essentially what I'm saying is my mom has always been okay with the bare minimum, which is why I've completely exceeded that shit. To even have my face like on a billboard, like what the fuck? Like we never would have dreamt this ever. Yeah. Ever, ever, ever. My dad, on the other hand, has actually always been a dreamer. I think that's where mm. I get that. I get my work ethic uh, from my mom for sure. And just kind of like my my softness and my my heart. <laughs> if you will Mm -hmm. but my dad he is like goofy uh, like just almost a dreamer to a fault sometimes you know i remember just growing up he always had a new hobby or a new ambition which honestly power to you you know but it it was just a lot of not all talk no action but he didn't have the resources Mm -hmm. you know like he wanted to be famous he fully wants to be famous still to this day is hitting (laughs) me up um, and I'm like, Dad, let's just be patient. He's like, let's do a TikTok together. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, my star meter is not even that high right now, Dad. Like, give me a beat and then we'll be in touch. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's see what happens. It was such a contrast. It was so extreme. My dad always wanted more out of life, therefore being really strict. My mom was just happy with the bare minimum, therefore being more lenient, you know? And like, my parents split when I was like 14. I, I wrote an article about this about how I think I came into my confidence and spread my wings when my parents actually got divorced because my dad was so extremely strict, like so outgoing, so the personality in a room. How can you even measure up to that? You know, like it almost dimmed my light how badly he wanted me to shine. Like it was it was pressure. It was yeah, a lot yeah. of just like, why aren't you talking enough you know the kind of shit like Mm -hmm. like wanting me to hang out with the american kids you know like just kind of had that like i don't know there was just so much pressure there so when they got divorced when i was you know like 14 i almost that's when i kind of like found myself i guess because there was no more pressure Mm -hmm. you know because he moved out and it was just me and my mom and my mom was like working at the restaurant and i don't know i really feel like there is a direct correlation it's hard for me to to you know grapple with the dilemma of like you know my dad really wants to be famous like that's just like <laughs> honestly yeah. like a statement i can confidently say and now that i'm kind of in the industry and slowly doing my thing and i put in the fucking work like right. he did not open a single fucking door for me mm-hmm. you know but he wants me to help him out now and because we have such a complex relationship with the divorce and all that stuff like a lot of times I'm like, well, what do I owe him? Why would I, mm. you know, whatever, whatever. But I'm back and forth. So so I've decided why not. <laughs> you know, it's, it all depends, you know. But it's very interesting. It's just so complex because... So it's like real deal. He's like really hitting you because he's trying to like get in the in the door. In he's, the I mean, he's like, like, oh, why don't they have, you know, me play your dad next time or blah, blah, blah. You know, things like and that. He's being and like, like dead serious about it. Yeah, but I, I am doing a show... That kind of has to do with the commentary of generations. So, like, I did tell them that my dad would be down to be in it. So, I have, I'm trying. I'm like, because my mom and I have filmed a bunch of, uh, a couple of commercials. Like, my Mm -hmm. mom isn't thirsty for it, though. That's the Mm -hmm. thing. That's why I'm like, oh, mom, do you want to do this? She's like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. 
And even though they're, they're divorced, she'll even say like, oh, just have your dad do it. Anyway, it's too, we're going really niche right now into this stuff. No, I didn't I'm realize so interested. Like yeah, it's, it's so all, unique. It's yeah. very interesting. Like, you know, my dad, like, he always talks about this story. And of course, one day, you know, if we're really in something, he could talk about this himself in press. Um, but like, <laughs> he was really close to this gig, this hosting gig in China before uh, we came to America. And he said he lost the gig to someone who I think like, it was like nepotism or something or something political where like the, the person had rich parents or something, you know, and he is still really bitter about it. And he's just like so mad that like he didn't have those luxuries to get him the gig or whatever it may be or like he grew up poor and things like that. So I think that's what really drove him to have this American dream. My dad immediately wanted to embrace America, like even right now, like my dad goes to Lady Gaga concerts for sport, you know, and like watches Netflix all day. He has that luxury. He has that privilege. Mm -hmm. Whereas my mom is still just work hard, literally wakes up before the sun's up to, mm -hmm. to you know, her baby, the restaurant. You know, my dad kind of checked out at the restaurant, but he's like there once a week or something. I don't fucking know. That's their business. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but He's going to Lady Gaga yeah, concerts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's like, he fully like wanted to embrace pop culture and like knows all these things and has always been very curious minded. Whereas my mom, once again, like, she just did what she had to do. My mom has never been in New York. So the goal is for me to be like famous at the same time she retires the restaurant so she could just like goes everywhere with right. me. That's the yeah. dream. Yeah. My like definition of success, my measurement of the American dream is that my mom sees the world. Like mm. that is really, really the goal for me. That is one of yeah. the most beautiful ways to define success. It really we actually is. talk about that all the time on this pod and, and ask our guests that exact thing, like how you measure it. Mm. And for you to Honestly, say it in a though, way where you would show your mom the world, that's so freaking yeah, cool. The woman has not been to New York. Your dad's like, probably pissed. He totally subscribes to us. Well, because, <laughs> Matter of yeah. fact, he's actually right here today. So yeah, let's yeah, go yeah. ahead. <laughs> Mr. Cola. Yeah, Mr. Cola. <laughs> Mr. Cola. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, senior and junior. Um, yeah, my, my dad just more so had the luxury of wandering and like actually uh, learning more and embracing America versus my mom just did what she had to do to survive. So it's so extreme, you know, which which also ties into my dad being more accepting of the fact that I have a girlfriend and that I'm queer versus my mom who has been supportive my whole life. It is taking more time for her to wrap her head around it, you know, mm. versus when I told my dad, he was like, yeah, Lady Gaga supports LGBT. <laughs> I support LGBT. Lady Gaga's you know, down and, with it. I'm no, down but with what it. a trip. You know, what a, what a flipped trip right. because my dad, who has technically not been a support system my whole life, suddenly right. is so supportive and it made me so mad at my mom, but I'm like, wait, what? No, I can't discredit her support mm -hmm. because I have to be empathetic and understanding and patient of the fact that these this is just like these are new age concepts, you know? So it's like it's it's very, very interesting. Yeah, you I know? wanna I wanna unpack that a little bit. I mean, yeah, I mean that's probably something very difficult to come out to your parents about, right? I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of uh, you know, fear and anxiety and all that. I mean, at what point were you like, okay, yeah, how'd that this, happen? This is the time. It's too much, you know, just once again, back to all the identities of immigrant, Chinese American, that's already a whole thing. You add queer to the fucking mix. You know what I mean? It's just like all of these things that are a foreign language to our parents. Mm -hmm. They didn't grow up watching shows like Good Trouble, sure. you know? Like, it's the lack of access, the lack of exposure, the lack of representation, all those things that it's just not even an option in their heads. They have this very, not orthodox, but like in their heads, like the, the very uh, clear cut expectation for an Asian daughter. You marry a man, you have children, you start a family, you get a job. That's it, right? A lot of things have changed, even for women, even non-queer women. Like, just just societal pressures are fucking bullshit now, you know? We don't need to have a baby at the age of 22. <laughs> you know, you can get married at 45, whatever. Yeah, you know, yeah, rules yeah. have changed because we're bending them as we speak. And I think this generation specifically, we are the ones to shift the narrative. We are the ones to teach our parents stuff and to to unlearn a bunch of shit for our kids mm -hmm. 
this generation exactly. I think totally, it's yeah. so powerful just because of all the conversations where um we're just breaking through in a in a way I never would have dreamt. Like even when I talk to my grandparents about what I do, oh my goodness, the divide, the 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 lack of like just the barriers there like Yeah, you're on like a different planet. They can't yeah. even grasp what I'm doing, you know, like and and I mean my mom can hardly my parents can hardly grasp it, let alone my grandparents, you know. I'm like mm-hmm. telling my grandpa like, Oh yeah, I just did this movie and it's like, What? What is life? I'm filming <laughs> movies? What the hell's yeah. going on? You know, he's like, Oh, okay. I'm like, Yeah, grandpa, like my grandpa's not doing that well, you know, my mom's dad. And I'm just saying and I'm just telling him like, Oh, in June, you know, you have to like, you know, come out of the house and you know, we'll go to the red carpet. Like when I when when just like saying these things, it, it's just how can we settle for ordinary? How can we settle for anything less than absolute just empowerment and embracing who we are and where the fuck we came from? I might cry right now because of our ancestors and what they've gone through and what they could not do, what they did not have the opportunity to do to to just like not even be able to speak up and to even feel valued to feel invisible for so many fucking years in decades, centuries. How can we settle for less as us in our 20s and 30s? Mm. How is it even possible for us to even think about being fucking ordinary and keep our voices down? No fucking way. Yeah. No fucking way. Wow. You know what I mean? Like, no, not again, never again, you know? Mm. That's too much. What the yeah. fuck? Yeah. What are we doing? Okay. It's okay. Oh my goodness. Okay. I am clearly yeah. day two yeah. of my period. But honestly, I get so fired up when yeah. I talk about this shit. And you know, both yeah, of you have absolutely. seen me endlessly talk about this shit because we have to talk about it. We've been literally hiding it for so long. We've been keeping our identities behind closed doors. We've been, you know, just once again, tricked into thinking that we can't be 100% us. And right now I feel so fucking liberated Mm -hmm. in who I am and all of my identities. I'm 33, you know, and and thank goodness because that's still young enough, you know? And that's what I want to preach to the kids who are, you know, teenagers. and, 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 you know, when I was a teenager, I wasn't comfortable embracing who I was, whether it be the queerness, the Asianness, you know? So now that I'm 33 and I can... and can hopefully create some type of ripple effect by speaking up for the younger generation. Anyway, when I booked Good Trouble in 2018, my character is queer. So naturally, I was like, damn, you know, I'm not out yet. My my a circle of friends knew I was bisexual. I do identify as bisexual. I say queer very often, just as the umbrella. But my friends knew I was bisexual, everyone, you know, but my mom didn't. Neither of my parents did because it just never came up. And and we also have this version of our parents just like they have a version of us, right? Like I feel like my mom always like still thinks I'm such a child, naive, never seen a penis, you know, like those kind of things. Like I remember one time she asked me, she was like, so when you see like men, like do you feel anything? You know, that's a very fair question for the woman who raised you. You know, and like... She just thought I was a robot, I guess, because I never shared with her, you know, my dating life. You know, I had my first boyfriend when I was 17. Shout out to Yusuf. He's not on social media. I'm trying to find him. I love the shout out. Um, get, get the last name out there while you're at it. Yusuf, you know? no, no, no. Oh, the longitude and latitude. Um, he introduced me to falafels, if you know what I mean. Okay. And, nice. um, so I had my first boyfriend and then I had, I dated multiple guys. And when I realized I was queer, when I realized I was attracted to women, that was in uh, maybe 2010. I think I was 19 or 20 when I really for sure realized, oh, I have feelings for a girl. And I was tripping out. I was freaking out. Um, I came out to my best friend, Christine. I was very openly bisexual in my circle of friends and in my life. And at that time, I wasn't necessarily a public figure. So there was no uh, outness. You know, there was no public conversations about it. So I was just, I was bisexual and that's who I was. So when I um, booked uh, booked, uh, Good Trouble in 2018, I was like, wow, like I want to feel authentic in portraying this character and i know that i might have to talk about portraying this character therefore i should be 
out because I wasn't out to my mom. I was so terrified of her finding out that even in my standup, I wouldn't talk about being queer. I would just talk about, you know, a million other things. But because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, what if someone records it and it ends up on Instagram and maybe one of my mom's friends, daughters will see whatever. Absolutely. You know, so yeah. I was hiding myself in, in that way. So booking good trouble was like, this is my chance to have this conversation with my mom in case it comes up. Mm-hmm. So in 2018, um, I came out to my mom and honestly, I feel like I'm still coming out to my mom. You know, like, like I said, right now I have a girlfriend and my, my mom is still kind of processing it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, has she met your girlfriend? She has, she has. And it, you know, it's baby steps. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> honestly, baby steps. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so in 2018, I came out to my mom and then that's when I felt comfortable in talking about it freely because mm-hmm. I, I had broke that barrier i climbed that mountain you know mm-hmm. so i never actually had the conversation with my dad but they follow me like they know clearly i'm out here as fuck you know pun intended yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so then when i uh got with my girlfriend and it was getting serious that's when i ended up telling my dad and immediately once again his lady gaga is his, his, that's so his crazy gone. i don't even know uh, how to he's like, just like so i mean he fully is just with it, like pop culture wise, and like watches, you know, Emily in Paris. <laughs> like, oh like, snap! Is my dad gay? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah. So uh, coming out, I feel like it's still a conversation. Mm. Um, Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girlie? <laughs> Some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, nothing. No tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. tomatoes? Yes. Are you killed mushrooms? No. Not really. Okay. <laughs> if these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. When you booked Good Trouble in 2018, did the producers already know that you were bi? So you technically can't ask in the room, but I think because of the way I present, I'm not really sure. Maybe something I said, they may have just assumed I was, but technically you can't ask in the room. So that, which is why the when the conversation comes up about, you know, straight people playing queer people, like, and of course it's case by case and it all depends and that's a whole nother conversation. Um, casting directors can't ask yeah, you your totally. sexuality mm-hmm. unless you obviously totally. volunteer the right, info yeah. or if they mm-hmm. find it online or whatever so i'm just more noticing it to be a superpower you know and i can't believe that i wasn't loud about it to begin with you know i'm in this movie called shortcomings mm-hmm. directed by randall park we're premiering at sundance and it's also a queer character and it's Which like congratulations wow. by the way thank That's you oh my so god we're, cool. we're literally so stoked it's me justin min ali maki sonoya mizuno debbie ryan all, all the incredible people and it's very much this dramedy and you know i can't wait to talk about it more at sundance after people have seen it because talk about it now people have seen about it right that's true actually it's just such a slice of life it's very much humans relationships growing apart you know being complacent being cynical it really challenges group think in a way as well within the community and we just happen to be asian you know mm-hmm. that's all we've ever wanted and of course it's because of the you know crazy rich asians and and the uh, you know joy luck club better luck tomorrow the farewell like all these minari you know uh, always be my maybe all these like incredible um parasite you know all these incredible asian films that have come out in the recent years it has afforded us the opportunity to make a movie like this, which is just really could not be more of a simple movie. It is just people having conversations. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. Like there's no like chase, car chase. There's no, you know, murder mystery. There's nothing like at all like that. It's just very much a simple slice of life with not even necessarily a happy ending. You know, mm. it's just like a slice of life, just following the lives of people who don't have their shit together. That's mm. another thing too. Just the opposite of the model minority, mm. the stereotype yeah, that we've yeah. got. The, the you know? title shortcomings, what what is how does that play into just very life? much we are so imperfect. Mm. You know, mm. my character is flawed and, and there's actually no spoilers here because it is based on a graphic novel mm-hmm. that was out in two thousand seven. So this movie is very much ahead of its time. And I've seen the movie and it feels like even though it's modern and overdue and 
I think, rare in the sense that there has not been a movie like this at all. It also feels nostalgic. Like it's a classic. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like it was filmed the same year Ferris Bueller was filmed. I don't know when I was watching it. It was just such a trip. Like I don't know. It just feels like this classic because mm. you know we're also there's so much social commentary in it as well because it's just about people. Anyway, so there's that. But I also have a movie coming out in June. Dang. Uh, Adele Lim's directorial debut. Awesome. Uh, she wrote Crazy Rich mm-hmm. Asians. Mm-hmm. Adore her. It's me, Ashley Park, Stephanie Shu, who of course is. A, a goddess in mm-hmm. everything everywhere all at once and newcomer sabrina Wu, who plays my cousin and it's essentially for the lack of better comparison the hangover slash girls trip but with amazing these faces <laughs> it's Lionsgate. It. it's point gray which is seth rogan's production company it oh, is in sick. theaters june 23rd Hell yeah. that's, that's not new information that's dope but it is literally it's a trip you've never seen a movie like this because mm-hmm. even like i said the the crazy rich asians and the the minorities like those aren't r-rated movies with like raunchy yeah, that's what, this, that's what this right. is. It is raunchy. Oh, it's raunchy. It's just like it's never been done. Right, right. You know, and it, it's gonna be in theaters. That's it's awesome. a trip. It's still untitled, though. I okay. will say, okay. <laughs> because the working title. I'm not even gonna say the working title, but there is a title, uh, but it's technically unreleased. But I think soon we'll know it. Maybe by the time this comes out. But <laughs> so it's cool. cool to have that like big studio raunchy comedy, mm-hmm. and this like. Sundance Indie Darling, which mm-hmm. is the slice of life thing because the dichotomy of the two yeah, range. genres. For sure. I feel just really fucking lucky, honestly, you know, like, holy shit. Well, speaking of luck, like, I mean, I, you know, hearing your story, it's so cool. I mean, I feel like it's the the story that everybody hopes to be able to, like, figure life out. You didn't do the whole school thing the way that you thought maybe it was going to work out for you. And then you found yourself in radio and you found yourself like doing stand up, just kind of pursuing the things that you just actually enjoy doing. And then now like you're in this place where you're in films and you're writing and like, it's just, it's cool to just see like how you got from one thing to the next. Like you thought Carson Daly, that was like, (laughs) you made it. it. Like that was my goal. But then it's like, you have this whole other road that you are about to embark upon. And so do you feel like that was luck? Like, or do you feel like, how, how does one get to do that, you know, without having this like master plan? Honestly, definitely hard work, you know, support system, but also when you got the juice, you got the juice. Sometimes yeah. I feel that too. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. I feel that too. Just to be, a ray of fucking light and make impact when you fucking speak. I'm sorry. I'm about to just toot my own horn one time. I've had people say I have an unbeatable personality. I'll take it. Those aren't my words. Those are theirs. You know what (laughs) I mean? Those aren't my words, but I'm going to say it on every interview I can. I have had people say, when you talk, people listen. And I'm like, okay, preach. You know what I mean? Like, these are just reviews from others. Yeah, reviews. <laughs> the, critics reviews. <laughs> the critics have spoken. But honestly, yeah. it's because of that fire that mm-hmm. I so very much do want to break stereotypes in that way, even when people are not fucking looking. There was this one moment. I've talked about this before. Like, about speaking up, even when there's no witnesses and no audiences. I remember I was in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I was in an Uber. And... It was this older black man as the driver, and we were just shooting the shit and just having a good old time. And I was telling him that my parents own a restaurant in in California. And he was like, oh, uh, very cool. He was like, a lot of Orientals here also have restaurants. And in that moment, I know he meant no harm Mm -hmm. because he's older and he simply does not know that, you know, that's technically a word uh, we don't use anymore. So in that moment, I'm like, well, there's no one here. Like, no one's here except the two of us, you know? And I was like, uh, I have to speak up. I just have to be like, hey. So I was like, hey, sir, just so you know, like, we don't use that word anymore. It's technically derogatory. And he was like, oh, my God. I, I'm so sorry. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. I Thank you for telling me. And it's in those moments where you just feel like we have to just speak up and that's not even answering your question but i don't know why i thought about that story um just to make that ripple effect mm-hmm. even in small doses you know like no one was there to witness this 
<laughs> whatever deed I just did, right? But to have these conversations, to understand that everyone's experience is different and still acknowledging that it's important, you know, like I think it's the conversations because a lot of time we can a lot of times we can get into conversations and, and, and go from anger, you know, versus genuine understanding and empathy and just, you know, being patient with the fact that we are we all grew up differently, but all of our stories deserve to, you know, be heard. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's why good things happen sometimes because... Yeah, you, you authentically do have that juice. I mean, to the point where, you know, it can move you to tears speaking about like trying your best to, you know, like... I you, was shook. I or, was or, shook. Or being willing to, to to speak to a man in an Uber who when there is no audience too. Like that means you just authentically really uh, live that life and experience. So when you do choose, you're so passionate about wanting to share, like... I think that's what a little bit of the luck comes down to, right? Or the idea of this question uh, in general is like, yeah, work hard, but like you got to also have a certain type of passion that brings you to a point that's like going to go just harder than everybody else who's doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. So when I see like the passion that you have or like, or, or, or the willingness to be like so loud and proud about everything that you do, it's like, that's got to be mixed in with hard work. Mm -hmm. And that's probably a lot of the juice, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It really is both parents, you know? Like yeah, I see that. Like the perfect Honestly. Blend. <laughs> like I got lucky yeah. with that 50-50. Right. You know, I really am grateful to the show Good Trouble, to be honest, because Good Trouble, I mean, the title of our show is based on the words of the late great John Lewis. You know, just everything we talk about on our show, um, the storylines, whether it's trans rights, whether it's Black Lives Matter, whether it's equal pay whether it's you know just the that we had a stop asian hate like arc you know mm -hmm. like there's just so much to fight for and so much to talk about you know a lot of a lot of it being tough conversations so i think the show has taught me so much and mm -hmm. that's why i'm grateful for the opportunity you know because i had this opportunity because they prioritized representation right. on good trouble I now have the platform and, you know, the chance to use my voice to hopefully create some type of, you know, impact or change or ripple effect just because I, I they decided to cast me in this TV show, which is why representation is everything. Like the show is called Movement in the Shadows, right? And the whole, you know, idea of that is is the the real story, the real work that happens behind closed doors. Um, it's not the glamorous stuff. It's not the Instagrammable, you know, social media, you know, worthy stuff. It's the stuff that like you really think about, the stuff yeah. that really drives you, the stuff that really shapes you. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, yeah, just as Ant was saying, like there is a very authentic fire that you have. And it's it's really cool though, because like you're you're now finding yourself to get these opportunities that allow you to speak your authentic voice that you actually really care about. Yeah. And, like it's really cool. I mean, I guess that's why, yeah, this time is probably the best time to be alive. I mean, with all the stuff, like, yeah, there's a lot of just crap in the world and there always will be. But like, I think, you know, where we're at now, it's the most progressive that um, representation has ever gotten and it's only going to get better, you mm -hmm. know? And um, yeah, people like yourself, people like, yeah, what we're doing, you know, I think... Um, I love that idea of a group project. It's not this mm -hmm. me versus you thing. Like mm -hmm. we're all in it to try to get somewhere together. Mm -hmm. And we need everybody in these different corners because mm -hmm. like that's representation. We need somebody in the dance sector. You exactly. know, we need someone, in, you know, in stand up and, you exactly. know, and all that. We just like, don't want to be the guy on the group project is not pulling their weight, though. True. You know yeah, what I mean? There's yeah, always yeah, somebody yeah. there. So, you know, yeah, check yeah, yourself. Yeah, yeah. Check true, yourself. But, uh, and listen, we'll still pick up their slack. You yeah, know what? Yeah. There you go. It's all yeah, good. Yeah. Honestly, that means a lot. I, just talking to the both of you and we're so just on the same page, mm -hmm. you know, no matter what industry we're in. You know, we speak the same language Absolutely. because we we have to, you know, I think that's what it is. And, and there's no right answer here. Like I'm still unpacking as I go, mm -hmm. you know, I'm preaching about what I know and we're still learning, we're still absorbing and we're still fighting and climbing and progressing. And I think it's just really special to have these conversations, which we didn't have for mm -hmm. so long. This is technically an overdue conversation. You know, yeah. you think about even three years ago, five years ago, like mm -hmm. there weren't podcasts getting this deep, mm -hmm. you know, about who we are, where we came from and where we're about to go. So 
Thank you for having yeah, me. Yeah. You know, of course, of course. Love and look you. out for the Sherry Cola stuff. Uh, we like to entertain this concept of mastery, right? Um, I think everybody has the ability to master anything, and uh, it could be big, small. Uh, Bruce Lee has this famous quote. He said, "I fear not the man who has practiced ten thousand kicks once, but I fear the man who has practiced one kick ten thousand times." Mm. So the concept of just putting in the hours into one thing. What is something that you feel like you've mastered in your life? Conversation, because it's hard for me to say something like stand up or acting or like even hosting, whatever the hell the hats I wear. I think conversation is at the core. Mm. Conversation, whether it be enlightening people on an issue or a topic that they're not aware of, conversation in the sense of this kind of stuff, mm -hmm. you know, hosting, interacting with other human beings and finding the magic in those organic um, moments or conversation just internally, uh, whether it be with yourself, whether it be with your therapist, whether it be with your parents. I think conversation is so beautiful. Is so unpredictable and it has no rules. Like I said earlier, like as long as you come from a place of understanding, any conversation can be productive. So I think conversation goes along the lines of the communication and the preaching and just kind of representing with words. I love words. I'm obsessed with words. You know, I love um, hip hop. I love rapping. I love poetry. You know, so I think conversation is that big umbrella right there that I, I'd love to be a master of. So that for real was a worthwhile seven-year communication major. Look at that. It paid off. I have the degree to prove it, that's, baby. That's almost a PhD right there. there in Did you see that? That was off the top. That's off the top. Well, I, I would definitely say you have that mastered. And I think one thing outside of just your ability to be eloquent and speak, I just feel there is a warmth and a... You have a draw to you. There is like a magnetism about you. I noticed it the first time that I met you and I and I felt like it was real. You know how people just, oh, you meet people, you're nice and you you make good conversation in the moment and then it just feels like, okay, that's probably like, that's it. But I just felt like, I feel like I'm already like kind of connected to this person and and like it was already easy to even like hit you up, you know, in the DMs about, hey, well, why don't you come on to the podcast? Like, because I actually really wanted to engage with you even f further and deeper. So I would say that 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 is something that you've mastered for sure. Thank That's you dope. so much. That means a lot. The feeling yeah. is mutual, obviously, you know, and I feel like that is something I'm proud of. The approachability, mm -hmm. the the just like down to earthness, because it's like, why are we acting like our shit doesn't stink, you know? Like, my shit stinks. Yeah. You know? But no boogers. No boogers. No boogers. <laughs> Keep it clean. Oh, but, yeah, I feel like I, I want to be open arms. I want people to feel welcome. Because how many times in our lives have we felt like outsiders, you know, outcasts and, like, um, nervous if we're going to be accepted, you know? Like, yeah. just like just so self-conscious because we won't be included or whatever it may be, you know? I, I think my goal is to make people feel good and to, yeah, the connection, yep. you know, we all have something in common, you know? And when we start there, like the rest, uh, the rest is history, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, sometimes totally. it's hit, hit or miss. <laughs> it's there. It's, it's hit or miss. It's hitting. It's hitting. Shara, we just want to acknowledge you. I mean, first of all, thank you for coming through and thank spending you. some time with us. Thank uh, you. This is such a great, great conversation. And I think what's also really cool is you weren't expecting to say some of the things that you said or talked about today. But I think, I mean, you're talking about how conversation, it's unpredictable. It, it kind of just goes wherever exactly. it goes. And that's kind of where, like, why we do this. You yeah. Know, we want to just have those it's, real authentic conversations. Fluid. You're Water. doing a lot of amazing things. You're inspiring a whole generation of people. You're inspiring us as, as your peers and um, you are making impact and, Thank you. and you're doing a, a freaking great job. Um, speaking of like what like what's going on what's next what can people be on the lookout for uh first of all thank you the feeling is mutual like you dm'd me and i said drop a pin like easy as that you know i said i'm on my way i love these two dudes anthony ben we got chaz chad, chad. chad. <laughs> or you could be chaz listen we're that close now that we you're have chaz nicknames now, dude. okay <laughs> you know we're from d to z there you just go. like that in the last 
what has it been four and a half hours <laughs> this this episode <laughs> is the same length as prisoner of azkaban <laughs> oh dang <laughs> the, reading not the, the movie harry, harry potter yeah <laughs> reading <laughs> Um, uh, Sherry Cola on Instagram. Just start there, but I'm I'm thrilled about shortcomings. Uh, world premiering at Sundance. You, I don't know when this is gonna air, but you can get virtual screening tickets before you see it in real life if you want. But uh, Good Trouble, March 16th, season five. Let's go. Blessings, victories. We'll take it. Uh, and Untitled Adele Lim comedy, yeah. <laughs> starring well, me, yeah, Ashley Park. Uh, Stephanie Shu, Alexander Hodge, Chris Pang, Desmond Chim, like literally D- Daniel Day Kim, Ronnie Chang, like just wow. all of the hotties. Um, you gotta get your dad in there. Did I? No yeah, pressure. I, that, you see why my dad's pissed? <laughs> Entire roster. He doesn't. He doesn't get a DM, no phone call, nothing. Uh, but yeah, June twenty third in theaters. That Dope. one. So just we'll be in touch. Follow me on Instagram. Oh yeah. Heck thank yeah. you, thank you. Yeah, mwah, we'll, mwah, we'll, mwah. we'll plug we'll plug all the socials and all that in the in the description. Yes. And uh, folks, thank you guys for tuning in. If you're listening, watching, thank you guys so much for stopping through. If you are finding this episode for the first time, we have a bunch more episodes before this. We have a lot of amazing guests, just like Sherry. Um, if you're really digging what we're doing, help us out. Leave us that five star rating on iTunes. Write us a review screenshot us tag a friend tag us i love regramming all that stuff and uh we love y'all we appreciate you guys thanks for stopping through we out of here kinder bang kinder bang